following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shaw, for our teaching resources, visit www.shaw.org.nz. We're finishing today our very short series called Christmas Songs. Uh, through the month of December, we've looked at a couple of songs that are part of the nativity story that give us a, a fresh view of who Jesus is and the significance of his arrival into the world. So we looked a couple of weeks ago at Mary's song and the way in which that song was fulfilled through the birth of Jesus. And today we want to look at the angel's song, a song that the angels sing as they announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds over the fields near Bethlehem. Now, in full disclosure, this may not have been a song. I know that we imagine the angels singing to the shepherds, and we've got Christmas carols that say things like, sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation. But as you read this passage, there is not actually any mention of singing. Uh, we just read that the angels said these things to the shepherds, and so maybe it was a song, but uh, maybe not. You don't necessarily need to have a great voice to be an angel. I think you probably just need to have a really loud voice. So either way, this is the announcement of the birth of the Messiah that the angels make to these shepherds. And I want to focus in, uh, in Luke chapter 2, just on a few key phrases that the angels say, which, which really take us deeper into the nativity story and help us appreciate the significance of who this king is who is coming into the world. So three phrases from the angels. The first one is the very first phrase that the angels say. And this is when there's just one angel who first appears to, to the shepherds. And the very first thing that he says uh, in verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. That's such a significant phrase. Do not be afraid. And in fact, as you read the nativity story in the Gospels, four different times people are told, do not be afraid. Or they're told, fear not. Uh, Mary is told this by the angel. Joseph is told, do not be afraid. Uh, Zechariah, the son of John the Baptist, he's told, do not be afraid. Time and time again, this is a, a common refrain in, in the Christmas story. Uh, and of course, if you, if you pull back further than that, you can see that throughout the biblical narrative as a whole, that phrase, do not fear, do not be afraid, fear not, it, it is repeated so many times throughout the biblical story, going right back to Abraham in the book of Genesis, where God appears to Abraham and says to him, do not fear, Abraham, I am your shield, your very great reward. And countless times through the Bible, people have estimated more than 365 times this phrase, fear not, is used in Scripture. Uh, and, and it's a great thought that, I mean, you could take one verse every day next year that says in some way, do not be afraid. You could meditate on that verse and just have a whole year of fear not uh, as part of your Bible reading time next year. It's right throughout the whole biblical story. And so when the angel appears to these shepherds and says, do not be afraid, you can, you can sort of hear all of the fear nots throughout the entire biblical story all coming together in that moment. It's as if all of the ways in which God has encouraged his people not to fear over the years, 
all come together in this incredible announcement that now there, there truly is no need to fear because God is becoming incarnate with us. He is becoming our Emmanuel. God's perfect love is coming into the world and he will cast out all fear. And I think this word is such an important one for us today and such an encouragement for us today because we live in such a climate of fear at the moment, especially as we journey through COVID. There's a huge amount of fear around the place. You, you, you feel that, you know that. Uh, and it's, it's fear from all sides. Some of it is understandable and there's, there's genuine anxieties that people are carrying. But sometimes the fear gets hyped up and sometimes it gets overblown. And, and sometimes I think people are sowing seeds of fear uh, and perpetuating this, this climate of fear. And again, I, I think this, this happens on, on both sides of, of the spectrum and for different reasons, people can just uh, sow fear into the lives of others and it, and it creates this culture of fear, a culture of anxiety. And in the midst of this kind of fearful culture, we need to be people as Christians who hear again the words of the angel, do not be afraid. Uh, we need to be people who are a calm and non-anxious presence in the midst of a fearful world during these times. Let me read you uh, an extract of a letter that's been put together by the Auckland Church Leaders Association. That's a group that I'm a part of. Uh, and there's been, been a letter compiled which is going to be published in the New Zealand Herald, I think, this weekend. And let me read you just a little part of this letter that speaks to the issue of fear. It says... Christians declare that we have absolutely no reason to fear. This peace is not the cessation of difficulty. Christian peace is a reversal of fear. And it comes with the confidence of knowing that the God who made the world and entered it as a human baby will not abandon this world or our country or our families or ourselves. That's a good reminder, isn't it? And this is who we are called to be, people who live without fear because we know that God is with us. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Emmanuel. We know that God is journeying with us through this mess that we find ourselves in, through these crazy times. And we know that God holds this world in his hands. We know that he is the Lord of all. He holds our world and our families and history and our future in his hand. And because of that, we don't need to fear. So this is a Christmas, I think, when... When this particular uh, encouragement that the angels gave, do not be afraid, is one that we need to let sink in as, a, as Christians in a new way, as we learn to live without fear in a very fearful world right now. Now, the second part of the angels' announcement that I want to look at is the very next phrase that the angel says. He says, uh, do not be afraid. That's verse 10. And then he says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And that phrase, good news, uh, that's the same uh, word that's sometimes translated gospel. Gospel, of course, means good news. And we, and we see that word throughout the, the Bible, throughout the New Testament. And it's easy to assume that the word gospel Good news is just a, a kind of Christian term. It's just a religious kind of term. But in fact, that word gospel, the Greek word there, was used in other sorts of ways and other sorts of contexts in the first century. In particular, there was an inscription that was written just a few years before Jesus was born, which is an inscription to the reigning emperor, Emperor Caesar Augustus. And uh, this was somebody who, who wrote this tribute 
to Augustus to proclaim how incredible he was and the amazing things that he's done. Let me just read you a little extract from that inscription that contains the same word. Caesar has fulfilled all the hopes of earlier times. The birthday of the god Augustus has been for the whole world the beginning of good news concerning him. Now again, that phrase, that word good news, it's the same word that is used in the New Testament for gospel. And so the person that wrote that inscription, what they're saying is that Caesar is the one who has brought the gospel. He's brought the really good news because he's come as this great emperor and he's brought an era of peace and stability and he's subdued our enemies and he's made life better for us. And so we see him as the bearer of the gospel. He's also described as a god in that, in that sentence you would have heard. And so when you, when you realize that that was the prevailing view at the time, and that's how Caesar was, was described, then you see more clearly, I think, what the angels are saying to the shepherds when they announce that Jesus is the one who brings the gospel. They are saying that the good news is not coming through this king who sits on a throne in Rome. This good news, the real good news, is coming about through this king who is being born in a stable in Bethlehem. There is a new king. There is a new ruler. And he is above every earthly authority. He is the one who is bringing the truly good news into the world. And this is the good news that Jesus is the savior of humanity. Caesar was also called savior. That was another term that was applied to him. And yet the angels are saying, no, there is a savior who is the one who brings real and lasting and eternal salvation for humanity by reconciling them to God. Jesus is the Messiah, the true king of Israel, the long awaited one who sits on David's throne. And Jesus is Lord. There's another title that was applied to Caesar. But Jesus is the one who reigns and he rules over all, over heaven and earth. All of that is summed up in what we mean by the gospel. It's the proclamation that Jesus is Savior and Messiah and Lord. And through him, God's blessing and God's salvation is now coming to all nations, to the ends of the earth. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And I think we need to get a bigger view of, of what the gospel is really all about. Sometimes we picture the gospel just as this personal, private thing that occurs in my heart. I believe the gospel. Uh, but the gospel is remarkably huge. It stretches the length of the cosmos. The gospel is this announcement that Jesus is Lord over every part of creation that he is king of the entire universe, that through his life and his death and his resurrection, he's reconciling all things and renewing all things. The gospel is, is huge. We need to get a bigger vision of the gospel, and we need to believe that the gospel is still good news today. Even in 2021, the gospel is good news for a broken world. So much hurt in our world at the moment. So much pain. You see this around you. You may be experiencing this yourself. So much struggle, so much brokenness, so much darkness. And into the midst of these bleak times, we have this message to bring that the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news for a hurting world. It's good news for a broken world. So let's let the gospel bring us great joy as the angels intended it to bring great joy to those who heard it. Let's be gospel people, those who stand firm on this truth that Jesus is Lord of all and who are willing to proclaim and share that message with others. Let's celebrate the gospel as we journey through the Christmas season. And then finally, one final 
phrase to focus on from the angel's announcement. And, and this is the point where this one angel is joined by then a great host of heavenly beings who all join together praising God. And they say this in verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want to pick up on that word peace, peace on earth. Sometimes I think it's the old King James translation that translates that as goodwill, goodwill to men. And so you hear that in some of the Christmas carols, goodwill to men. But that doesn't really get to the heart of this idea of peace that the angels are proclaiming. The word peace comes from a much older Hebrew word, the word shalom. You've heard this word. We've talked about this word before at Shaw. And it's not just a peace that exists in my heart. It's not just an emotion of peace. The idea of shalom is wholeness. It, it's the idea of taking broken pieces and putting them back together, particularly relationships, taking the broken pieces of relationships and then bringing wholeness and bringing integrity and bringing unity back into those relationships. That's the vision of shalom that, that is rolled out throughout the Bible. In fact, one definition of sin is that it is a breaking of God's shalom. It's the breaking of God's intention that relationships between God and humanity and between us and one another would be whole and healed. And this, of course, is exactly what Jesus came to do. That's why the, the angels announced peace on earth, because Jesus comes as the bearer of shalom in the world. He is the one who comes to bring peace between God and humanity. That relationship has been characterized by enmity uh, and, and by estrangement. We've been alienated from God. But Jesus comes to reconcile us, to reconcile us to the Father. And then Shalom goes further because Shalom says not only are we, is there peace with God on that vertical axis, but now there, there can be peace, true peace, between us on the horizontal axis, between human beings, out of this reconciliation that we have with God. And so those of us that have found peace with God, we are now called to be God's agents of shalom in the world, taking his peace and working that out in the relationships around us. That means we are called to participate in this work of taking the broken pieces, broken lives, broken relationships, broken families, broken communities, and being part of participating with the Spirit in, in putting some of these pieces back together again, in bringing wholeness, bringing healing into relationships where there's been strife and where there's been enmity and where there's been tension. And again, this idea of peace on earth is so pertinent for us in this particular season as we go through COVID. It's not just a nice, warm, fuzzy idea, this idea of peace on earth. I know that it rolls off the tongue and we have these grand notions of what it may mean, but it comes down to personal relationships. It comes down to be willing to be a person of shalom in the communities, in the families, in the social circles that God has placed you. And you, you, you and I both know that there are situations this Christmas where all these COVID issues are tearing families apart and tearing friendships apart. And even as you look towards Christmas Day, you may be in a position where lines have been drawn and people can not even be in the same room as, as each other and they're not able to share Christmas together, and people may have fallen out over some of these issues, people aren't talking to each other, and, and your Christmas day might be looking quite different than it was going to, because this is 
damaged relationships among your family. And I just want to encourage you, I know these are complex times and, and there's a lot of emotion that goes with these issues. I just want to encourage you to be a person of shalom, wherever God's placed you. And think particularly of your family, because I think around Christmas Day, this is particularly important. Be a person of shalom within your family. Do what you can to bring people together rather than push people apart, rather than drawing really firm lines between people. See what you can do to build bridges. See what you can do to, to bring unity. See what you can do to, to, to act graciously and, and lovingly and sensitively. See if you can and try to place yourselves into, this, into the shoes of other people and understand where they're coming from and, and respect where they're coming from and, and, and do all you can to be a peacemaker, a person of peace within your family, within your circles of friends. I know we've talked about this uh, at Shaw this year in terms of the unity of our church and the importance of hanging together in unity. And it's on my heart just to press this on you in terms of your family as you journey towards Christmas Day. Be a person of peace. Be a person of shalom in your family as well. And so the song that the angels sang, if it was a song, it's a song that we are called and encouraged to continue singing today. And I pray that we might be able to hear these lines that the angels said that announced the birth of Jesus, that they might echo in our hearts this Christmas, that we might take to heart this calling not to be afraid. I pray that that would, it would just sink deeply in for you, that you would feel no need to, to fear or to be anxious because Christ has come, love has come, and the kingdom is here. May we be gospel people, those who take seriously the good news and share the good news and allow the gospel to bring us joy, just as the angels intended it to bring joy to the shepherds. And let's be people who are willing to exercise shalom towards others and bring shalom into places where there may be brokenness. And as we do that, we are participating, continuing to participate in that work of God bringing peace on earth. May these words of the angels encourage your heart and stir your spirit and draw you closer to Jesus as you journey towards Christmas Day. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, we just think of that moment when the angels appeared to these ordinary shepherds and spoke some extraordinary words. And I pray that you would help us to hear those words afresh in our own hearts and lives and families today. Lord, that we would let these words sink in deeply and, and whichever of these words and phrases that each of us need to hear, I pray even now, Holy Spirit, you would press those onto our hearts. Those that need to hear afresh your call not to fear. Lord, would you just speak that to them now? Those who need to be reminded of the gospel and be encouraged by the good news, would you press that on their heart? And Lord, there are those that, that just need to hear the word peace this morning, that need to be reminded of your shalom that covers their life and need to be encouraged to be a shalom maker in the world. Lord, you know, these, these are difficult times for us, but we're so encouraged by your word and we're so encouraged by the reminder that the King of Kings has come, that the Savior has been born, the Messiah, the Lord. We thank you for the incredible gift of your presence into this world in the form of Jesus. And I pray that this Christmas, that reality, your incarnation, would settle afresh in our hearts and bring us great joy 
and great hope and great encouragement. And we pray this would all be for your glory. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Shore Community Church. For more of our teaching resources, or to donate to our teaching resource ministry, or for more information on Shore Community Church, visit www.shore.org.nz. Alternatively, you can email office at shore.org.nz or phone 09 415 0455. Thank you for listening.